Hello, I'm Rob Murphy. Just a note before we start this week's podcast that we recorded on Saturday evening and of course on Sunday morning, news broke of the tragic passing of Anthony Foley, Munster rugby head coach and former rugby legend in the province and throughout Ireland. Everyone in the podcast just wants to pass on our deepest sympathy to Anthony's family, friends and everyone in the Munster rugby community. Welcome to the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's season three, European match day one, the Champions Cup against Toulouse. William, this is a big one. Yeah, there's a big feel to it, Alan. Great crowd in. Place is really buzzing. First time we've ever got into Europe off our own bat. And I think that means a lot to the team. Both gone through their warm-ups. The Toulouse warm-up was a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. It was a low-intensity thing that just never really kicked off. Connacht have gone through a really good warm-up. means maybe nothing at the end of the day but they look very focused they look perhaps a step down from what they did uh, the last time they were here so it's a big game and we're just we're, wait, we're really waiting to see it hard one to call it certainly is let's hope this sunshine stays and it's a perfect night for the game ok 22 minutes gone it's Toulouse 9 Connacht 5 what a game William yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> tight tight tension stuff to lose three scrum penalties which they kicked but Connacht have looked better when they got into their 22 a couple of times they've stolen a couple of lineouts. it's quite a fractious sort of match they to lose slowing it down and waving their arms a lot of the referee but Connacht have got a good toehold in it now just a pity that conversion didn't go over we'll talk again at half time okay William it's half time the score is Toulouse 21, Connacht 11. It's um, crowd not happy with the ref. No, there seemed to be an incident there just before the uh, second Toulouse try where a player not supporting his own weight at the breakdown, just going in, crawling virtually on his hands and knees. But they did score a fine try. They're a big side and they've started to run really, really hard lines. And I'm not sure that we're coping with it too well. We're doing our best, but we are, we are struggling. Where there's life, there's hope. But they, they're puffing a bit, but they're 10 points up, and I'd say their bench might uh, have a little bit more to bring. Yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll talk again in 60 minutes. Okay, William, just come up to 60 minutes. Connacht have just scored a try. Great try from Tiernan O'Halloran. And the score is now Connacht 16, Toulouse 21. Yeah, the missed kicks are starting to count against us now. We've left about 10 points out there. Connacht still playing all the rugby. Toulouse seem to just be content to just try to get involved in an arm wrestle. They are dangerous when they get into our 22, but this game is here for Connacht. They've just got to, to keep believing and get these movements away. They do indeed. We'll talk again on full time.
Okay, William. Final score, 23-21 to Connacht. What a game. Well, you keep wondering where this team can dig stuff from. And that was an amazing, uh, just a stunning game. They never lost their shape in the second half. They stuck at it. They worked really, really hard. Toulouse didn't score. Uh, and Toby Floods just played Connacht a huge compliment there by saying they held on to the ball and they believed in their system. And that was his comment when he was interviewed on Sky. Brilliant performance. Brilliant crowd in here tonight. 8,000 people. And uh, just, just the win that they needed to get this competition underway. We're, we're talking and this calms down. Just a reminder, our Glory Days radio documentary is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check it out and have a listen to the extended version. Glory Days in association with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com. Wow. Actually, wow. Yeah, great performance, great performance. Uh, would you believe it? I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't get the bonus point. <laughs> um, oh, it was on when we got that third try. I thought, yeah. It was. Especially when we had this line out five metres from the line after that. Bundy going off probably put paid to that, in fairness, you know. Mm. Um, uh, just a great, great second half performance. Just after figuring out there, Toulouse didn't score in the second half. No. Not a single yeah. point. No. They were a disgrace, I <laughs> should say. Their budget is 31 million. The entire IRFU budget is 37. It's just, it's fun. So disappointed in Toulouse that it's uh, that that's the type of rugby they play. Yeah, that's that's the provincial level. So the the, the budget that doesn't include the Irish team yeah, and yeah. and the other bits and pieces. So yeah, that, for do, that for makes those sense. Those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, Broken Allen is back. <laughs> yeah, when you say Toulouse were a disgrace, they were a disgrace to the history of Toulouse. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you think your yeah, brain was gone. Must be must be rolling in the grave. He's not in yet. Because that was just shocking to see from Toulouse. They were just a disgrace. They really were. Like, how top 14 rugby is making money with teams like that in the top end of the table is, is just shocking. It must be wonderful to see a team like Toulouse, uh, like Connacht going out, running the ball, playing the game as they want to play it and trying to, you know, bring, bring some sort of style and class and everything to it. Following the New Zealand, the New Zealand pattern. Yeah, tricky front row guys gone. Although the guys who stepped in did a phenomenal job to fill the gaps. But that said, that was a factor. We're missing a good few players. Otherwise, it could have even you know at a full strength could have even been more comfortable. Just like you're saying. Yeah, that's for sure. Was it three scrum penalties? Got they got nine points from yeah. three scrum penalties. But they had seven penalties to four at one point around sixty minutes. Aaron Byrne on stats for us was was giving me that, and it was just at the right time where I was kind of looking to myself and saying, yeah, and seven five of those penalties have been for being on the wrong side killing the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get all that it's you know when you think about Toulouse coming to the sports ground you're expecting you know run, lines of running everything do you remember they came here the first time yeah, a few yeah. years ago just all oh, they was just bosh 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 they had nothing I'm really I'm really right, kind right. of disappointed in uh, apart from the second try which really was a good try it was a good try it, it was, was a good yeah. try but that but was it that was said, it there was what? like 30 seconds of it you're going to hear this in a second but you know what John Muldoon said which I thought was really fascinating this was possibly an answer to one of Dave's questions um, he said he goes yeah at that stage in the game we, we had been loving it felt like a training game we had been loving the looseness of it and we kind of forgot we also have to defend as well and it was clear <laughs> that they couldn't really get their heads around defending because it was the first time in the entire game 32 minutes in that they had to have organised defence exactly yeah and the 
did, it did look as though they were somewhat disorganised and they mm. sorted themselves out because Toulouse never looked like scoring in the second half. Even when they did have the ball the odd once or twice down there in the second half. I think at one stage in the first half I pointed, I think they were 9-0 up and we were about 25 minutes in the second half and you could see where they'd been, the furthest they'd been into the Connacht half, which was the dug-up ground from a scrum. And that was it, which was just outside our 22. They hadn't been anywhere close to it yet, had nine points. Williams inside, mm. looking to find a French journalist to get at their angle. Dave's inside doing a bit of extra work on some of the entries. Lindley's inside filing for a deadline. That's why it's just and a we're in the cold. We're outside <laughs> the cold. Freezing, but recording a podcast. Toby Flood spoke to Lindley afterwards. Really interesting interview. Um, is that the result that you expected when you came here to Connacht tonight? We're certainly not the result we wanted, but I think we were under no illusions coming here how difficult it is to come and play. Uh, I almost thought the reaction after the game was sort of almost over the top. It's almost like they, you know, it's almost like it hasn't dawned on on the sports of how good they are, what a, what a force they are. They're the Pro Twelve. They've won the Pro Twelve. They're no longer that team that I first last played here nine ten years ago at playing Newcastle Falcons, where we were expected to come and win. It's completely changed, and Pat, you know, great was the Pat and the players for doing that, and, and I think. The reaction or the overreaction, whatever way you want to look at it, is a result of them doing some really good things. And, and of course, it's not what we wanted, but it's but it's what we expected. We certainly knew going in at half time, twenty one eleven or whatever it may have been. It, it's it's going to be a tight one. We're still going to have to sort of keep our our foot on the throat a bit. Um, and their ability to hold the ball, to create pressure, to continue to create pressure. Look, defenses leak. That's why we come watch rugby because we want to see defenses get cut up and and, t- and taken apart. And 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 for over time, if you keep the ball long enough. You're gonna you're gonna squeeze defences, and that's what happened. Where does this leave you now? When you, in terms of going back, in terms of the start and continue on the Champions Cup, it leaves us a little bit more disappointed than we were at half time. But it leaves us in a situation where we've come to an away fixture and we've got a bonus point. Um, we need to go now and home and, and, and win a game against against Wasps, obviously the form team in the Premiership, which is no easy task. Uh, and then we'll see how we are. We'll dust ourselves down. Um, it's disappointing that change, as you'd imagine, because a snapshot at half-time, we seem to be doing some good things and we seem to be pretty positive. But uh, now it's just, it's just as, as the old cliche says, almost an upwards and we'll see what we get to in, in a week's time. Where do you think you lost that match? Because obviously you had the, you had the power, particularly in your, in your pack, to dominate. I think it was a little bit, a, a little bit of, of tiredness to a point in terms of because the, the, the Pro 12 and, and the and Premiership Rugby is very different to the top 14. It's more of a slugfest there, but the balls and play a lot more longer here. Teams will ask you different questions. How quick are you going to move into position? How, what are you going to do? What decisions are you going to make? And, and like anything in life, the more decisions you're asked in the, in the defensive line or in anything, in any role, the harder it becomes to make the right one. Um, and that's what Connor do. They ask you lots of questions in attack. They do the same thing, but they do the same thing very, very well. And that, with fatigue, slowly bears down on you. So they're a team that, that, that will always squeeze you. And I think... Um, I think we probably lost it with a little bit of tiredness and also I think it was probably probably a little bit of precision. I think the great example was probably at the end there when Connacht killed two minutes of the clock. They just stuck to what they know. They did what they did. Put four guys either side of the ball. Locked down the ruck. Killed two minutes of the game. Whereas each time we left our camp and we turned the ball over 10-15 yards, it was rushed. It was a little bit panicked. And I think that that's a sort of really good lesson for us to think that, well, look, we don't need to do anything at 100 miles an hour. We can sometimes put a foot on the ball and just, just trust in ourselves. OK, brilliant from Toby Flood, first of all. Class uh, stuff after a defeat, like to come out and speak so well about Connacht, which was really cool, so we respect that. But at the same time, maybe we should challenge him a little bit on his surprise that Connacht fans were over-celebrating, as he said it, and possibly a little bit surprised by what their team had achieved. I don't think that's what's happening, though. Well, well maybe, maybe the newer ones, who are still in the, yeah, okay. you know, the semi-final mode and running yeah, out yeah, the field, yeah. and, and you know, the, the newer guys who are still not used to it, maybe... 
might have been one or two male fans in there that's you know just Aww. looking to celebrate Alan it's just going to be edited out so fair enough wasn't last week <laughs> no it's not <laughs> four and a bit thousand people are because our I suppose our average crowd over the last 18 months two, two years four and a half thousand there's eight thousand and ninety one people here today and for them that's you know this was this was a massive massive win it was a fantastic win against Toulouse or it, they were still being built up as their aristocrats of, of European rugby Jerry Thornley even said it um, hmm. you know so this, I don't mind this I don't mind that that's excellent because uh, those people are going to come next week or the week after the week after that you know right, when we come back we'll have more voices but for now here is uh, Pat Lamb and John Muldoon in, in unison Pat, um, Toby Flood was just talking out there and saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of amused by the celebrations from Connacht fans because we expected this and maybe they didn't expect this. I don't, I don't know if it, you know where he's coming at. He's kind of saying they knew what you could do. But at the same time, we can't get over these big victories. Each time it seems to be better. Yeah, we, we were just talking about the change room. It, it shows how far we've come since, uh, you know, three years ago when we played them last and uh, we expect to win as a team uh, based on the work that we do and, and, the, and uh, the plan we have and um, you know this is just a proud day for not only us as a team but you know our supporters they did a bit of a rally call at the start of the week and asked people to come down to get a sold out crowd here and, 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 and bring the fields of Ephraim Ryan the atmosphere and kids as well That that's the biggest thing I mean we're all about inspiring our community that's the purpose of Connacht Rugby and I think the biggest thing I'm pleased about is the, the character of these guys. You know, we we went down nine nil on the basis of us making errors and scrum penalties, and we came back and then we we gave a couple of you know soft uh, try before half time. And um, but the way they came back and what probably sums them up the most was the last two minutes of the game. And when we went into our closeout play, and we, the coaches were saying, "Have we gone too early, mate?" To, to stand up against after all the physical work they've done against guys who are massive and bigger. And to execute that and close them out for two minutes uh, was massive. And we, we give away a penalty, they can win the game. But the, the faith and belief for these guys to go through it, nail your jobs, nail your jobs, that probably sums us up as a team. A big thing that's going to grab people's attention is this team's, uh, the way you do with adversity. That's how you really get people behind this uh, team. And the last three weeks has been just turning things around, getting back to basics. And at the same time, you're still getting hit by injuries. So can you explain to people how you've got through this and how much more belief you have in the strength of your squad? Well, I said after we won the trophy last year, that's just an outcome of our journey. Uh, the journey continues and, and this is no different from everyone who's followed us for many years that we, you know, that's just what Connacht people are. You know, we, we are a representation of, uh, you know, the West of Ireland, you know, and, and, and people deal with adversity all the time and, uh, and with a smile on their face and they get on and get going again and, um, you know, and obviously it's led by you know the king of the West out here, and and he just gets the guys going. And when body language goes down, he's the one that gets them up, and the energy and Bundy gets them up, and um, and that that gives a, a lot of guys belief. So uh, no, it's 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 that's what gives me confidence and faith, as and you know real pride as as a coach to watch these guys. You know, while everyone's gone quiet because they've scored, I know. I don't even have to give a message because I know what these guys are saying and they'll get them back into back into the game. 
I know you don't have doubts, I know you don't worry, but you still have to focus on the fact that Toulouse are dominating the scrum in, first, in the first half. How do you deal with that and, and how do you think you dealt with that? Well, I think with the, the boys, I mean, we've got to remember, we, we lost Nathan White, uh, you know, had to retire. We lost Tom McCartney, Dennis Buckley, you know, so we've got a whole new young front row coming in there that are learning their craft that, are, you know, they're all under 25 and uh, they've gone up against guys they are giving away a lot of stone. It's not just those three, it's the whole pack. And um, but through it, you could see in the end, the last five minutes that scrum that they had, which potentially could have been a penalty, kicked the goal. The boys guts it out. They got good shape. They held them out to the point where the ref said they had to, you had to use it. And then when our defence came in and shut them down, that that sums up uh, how we we deal with it. The boys tinker. They know what's the problem. Jimmy Duffy showed them some clips at half time how they could tidy that up, and they and they, they 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 put it to work. That's the sort of team we are. We we find out the problem, work at it, and fix it. Then, John, you scored two brilliant tries at a really key point in the game. Just when it was sitting in the balance, you're 10 points down. It turned on that uh, first one from Tiernan O'Halloran. Yeah, I think, obviously, Pat spoke about um, belief and sticking to, to what we do well. And I think that was the key messages at halftime. Stick to what we're doing well. Um, don't allow them to slow down the ball. And, or, or Sorry, apologies, slow down the game. Obviously, their, their strength was their uh, their pack and the size of it. They still have some quality backs as well, but if they get go-forward ball, they scored a phenomenal try in the first half. So we understand and we understood that if we could stop them and hold on to the ball and make them get up and down off the ground and make them run around, that hopefully we'd be able to run them off their feet. Um, look, we, we started the season slow and we've made mistakes and we made mistakes again tonight, but... There's belief in the squad and there's belief in that we'd be able to turn around um, scores. And I suppose it, it was a different scenario to last week where we went in 12 points up or whatever it was and we lost our lead and then came back. Whereas this week we did it the other way around, down 10 or 12 points and then um, came back. So there's huge belief and you asked about people coming in. It's Everyone knows their job, everyone um, fits in and we that's the way we train and we, we continuously change around and when lads uh, get injuries, it's for the next fella to step in. And um, look, it's uh, when you've got when you've got players on your on your team with speed and um, handling skills and everything, you always believe that you can score tries. And um, thankfully, we've we've lots of them in abundance, and everyone has key roles in that, and they've performed them quite well. It's probably along the same lines, but just towards the end, they did seem to be getting stretching you a little bit. But you were making these last ditch tackles. You did one yourself. Robinson got an ankle tap in there as well. That must be those extra five percent you get from from what you're doing in terms of attack. I I, I would have said that's the extra five percent you get from being at home and having a big crowd behind you. That's what I would say. It is. Um, there's belief, obviously, in ourselves, there's belief in our ability, but when you have 9,000 crazy Western people shouting at you, um, it'll give you that couple of percent that you need. And um, thankfully, it was a, a sold-out crowd, and um, I don't think there'd be too many teams looking forward to travelling to the sports ground. And um, the harder we can make it on them, the better. And I thought the crowd were outstanding today, and that's the extra percent you get off them. And um, Pat complimented the bench inside, and um, the last two weeks, I think the bench have come on and made a big, big difference. And um, that's that's huge for you when when you've lads coming on fresh and making a huge difference. And um, publicly, I'll compliment them all as well. Can you go through some of the mental preparation on that? What, how it is out there? Did you don't you make sure that some of the younger guys don't panic, don't go away from the process, and stick to the game plan? Generally, when when we concede or if something happens, when we we always give it a couple of seconds, get everybody in, and straight away we can identify what's gone wrong and what's happened. And um, for example, 
we spoke all week about getting off the line and chopping their big men down. Um, I think their f- first try when they, I think we we just conceded yards upon yards. Lads going high, lads going high, and that was the key message at that time. Chop them down when they're getting D. I think we got a bit of a shock. We were defending, or sorry, we were attacking for so long we didn't have to defend, and then suddenly it was like a training run out there for for thirty minutes, and then it was like, oh yeah, we have to defend as well. So I think it was just a key message: just chop them down, get off the line put them under pressure um, but I think the key thing is we always have a fair idea why it's happened and I think there's no rah 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 and shouting at each other it's key messages this has gone wrong that's gone wrong let's work a bit harder let's do this let's do that and there's always key points and then obviously the one of the key things today was let's attack let's <laughs> not defend so <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing too when you have a structure instead of the rah 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 which he, which he does as well <clears throat> but you want to say well have scored the next thing is the next job is to kick off and then we know what we collectively would do from that kick off everyone knows their jobs we'll get the ball back and then we go back at them again or we turn the ball over we talk about getting into our shape quickly so these solutions and then what determines how well we do it comes from the leadership or comes from the crowd that's what that's what the energy that comes on and so we have solutions for all the problems it's just how quickly we can execute it and get us back in the voice of John Muldoon there and Pat Lamb before him Defend. Some good questions from you there as well. I wanted to raise the figure, but I mean, we've all been there. I mean, we've been there enough times and kind of used to panic. They can see two quick tries, which is something that seems to be creeping back in. Um, but in before, it would be kind of see two quick tries. Oh dear, that's it. Moral victory. Well done, lads. You gave it a good try and then the big boys ran over you. And that panic is gone, uh, more or less. It was in the first few games in what, <laughs> what Alan refers to as our pre-season. Um, but that's definitely been gone. Two quick tries conceded against Ulster, no sense of panic. Two quick tries conceded against a team that hadn't played any, I mean, literally had not played any rugby for 35 minutes. You think we're in a hole and they're bigger than us and they were running over us and there was no sense of panic because you would have wanted something in the first 20 minutes of the second half. Nothing happened, but the last 20 minutes, it was all us. Um, Packy has gone on Twitter and said it was a victory for rugby. I agree with him. I also think it was a victory for guts and belief. And a a small guy if he believes he can do it will always beat the big guy and tonight that was proven I feel that Glasgow and the Ospreys have got awful lucky when they caught us here at the sports ground because we're very much back to the steely hard to pin down team that we, we know so well yeah absolutely but you have to also look at how limited Toulouse's ambition was and I think the worst thing they could have had was actually a 10 point lead at half time because mm. I think they came out in the second half and they thought right we'll grind away we'll kick a penalty here and a penalty there and we'll just we'll win this match yeah, they did. I don't think there was anything further in their plan yeah I'll give you an example a scrum on halfway after a bad restart from them and they were so locked into the fact that we were dominating scrums that John Muldoon burst off the back and they were still in the scrum five seconds later because they were they were in a very simplistic mode of thinking about this game and they couldn't get themselves out of it well they couldn't and that's we were able to capitalise on that Mm -hmm. by just keeping going it was a very good victory it it didn't come the way I expected it I, I thought we would have to be much more in it towards the end of the first half when actually we weren't Dave I have a question for you you've watched the Connick Eagles more than anyone in this group over the last few years right? and, you've, tomorrow. and tomorrow you've been watching yeah, tomorrow. and you've watched these young lads can you believe sometimes what you're seeing when they're out here on a pitch like this in this system Like, is it all about the system have these guys developed more than we give them credit for um, I think I think people who've seen the Eagles will know that the Eagles especially in last year's being like up got absolutely muddled up front they got absolutely destroyed um, now there were very few of those guys 
who are the core of that pack were out there tonight. But enough of those, enough of the guys, especially the guys on the bench, um, have all played Eagles and have been destroyed up front. They're getting caught out by bigger, more gnarled guys. And I think they take the battering in the Eagles games. They know that this is about experience. I don't think Connacht's too worried about results for the Eagles. I think if they, I, I you know, I, I'm on record as saying if we're in competitions, we should win them. But what they do is they don't get upset. Don't let it destroy you. This is what's going to happen. And then when you have that experience, you come into a team that's winning. You will come up against French teams that are bigger than you, but you don't have to worry about it because that's all they have. And you have all these guys outside you who can spin the ball and run, and you can run. You have better skills than these guys. You have better fitness than these guys. That's something we haven't highlighted enough, better fitness. But I tell you one thing, the only reason these guys are so good against, against these teams now is because they've been put through the ringer at the lower level, and it's, they're mentally they are tougher because they know what it's like to get run over, and they don't like it, and they never want to go there again. Yeah, we talk, lads, about systems so much. We talk about processes, but individually, there are some great players being developed here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Turner Halloran, I have to say, I think he's developed into... Prob- I think he's... Border- like, I think Jared Payne is outstanding as a fullback, as a fullback. But Tiernan O'Halloran, if, if Jared Payne got injured in the morning, to me Tiernan O'Halloran is streets ahead of Rob Carney now at the minute. He's just taken over the 15 jersey, he's taken over ownership of it. Um, the help he gives uh, two relatively greenhorns either side of him, what he's done for them is, is outstanding. The way he linked, he's linked with Kelleher there tonight, he's just so dangerous. I hope, I really, really hope he's not too badly injured because me... At the minute, depending on what Joe Schmidt decides, what way he decides to go to the centre, if Payne is in the centre, for me, Tierno Halloran is Irish fullback. Simple as there is, there can be no, uh, you know, any argument about it. He, I think he's just outstanding. He's my man of the match, by the way. I know after looking at some of Bundy's stats and they were outrageous, but yeah, uh, just because Bundy did a turnover in the twenty-two and then scored a try, I guess at the right time. Yeah, and it's seventy-five That'll meters and beat five players, not. But I, I just thought uh, I'd turn in. This is, this, is, this is stats. Stats mean nothing. Stats, stats, stats are meaningless out of context. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> hey, that try, William. I got a great angle on it that you guys probably wouldn't have. But the way he he fixed the defender and then went, I'm going for this. Very similar to the kind of line he took against Leinster and Murrayfield. He has that in him. Yeah, it's it's sometimes he doesn't seem to do that. He seems to wait mm. until his opportunity is there. But once he pins his ears back, uh, he was always going to score there, and he seemed to see it. And that's why class players see things that couple of milliseconds earlier than anybody else. He had that worked out. He saw something in their defensive line. And every time we we moved the ball across the line, you felt if we could just keep the phases going, their defence would eventually run out of puff. Because they are they they lumber around. No, they're, they're they're very big when they get there, but they are they're, it's Neanderthal rugby. Let's move this podcast on a little bit with a tweet from Jerry Tony, uh, friend of Packy Jerry Tony. Oh, yeah. you know. um, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to introduce everyone you know. Yeah, yeah. And he said uh, he said here Toulouse used to be beautiful. Now it's Connacht who played the beautiful game. Epic win for skill over muscle. And also the bench, our bench made a huge impact. Their bench made solid all impact I think yeah. Kieran Marmion sped the game up and played some fantastic stuff even Caelan had played well was, was starting to get a bit hammered but Sean O'Brien made an unbelievable impact on the game beat me to it yeah beat me I, to it Sean O'Brien I thought Kieran Marmion was rescuing balls from rocks in the lead up to that try like no one could because each time you're like oh that should be a penalty and he dug it out yeah no he's, he's actually we're a little bit slow to rocks actually they're late on in the game yeah. that could have been a little bit to do with fatigue possibly um, fortunate not to get a penalty on one or two of them but possibly anyway, yeah. possibly um, 
But Sean O'Brien was immense when he came out. He's really strong young fella. He's um He's only twenty one people. Yeah, yeah. No, he's had he's had trouble injuries and stuff like that, but uh he's he's utterly excellent, yeah. Yeah. Oh, him and that um that Diwai, that new new he looked all right for Otago defensively. Oh, I think, he, I, think he's, I think he's going to be excellent here, actually. They were raving about him. And a number eight, so then you can take some of the pressure off John Muldoon. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to manage Muldoon's workload now for a while, I think. He, like, he's... I don't know. There's very few players, actually, playing in Ireland professionally that James Collin um, was, was a bit like that, that played so much. And Muldoon is doing, is doing a, a, a way more work constantly I, I think they need to manage it because he was he had a another great game his leadership was brilliant in the closing stages he lifted the side made some good calls um, ok we'll worry about we'll, we'll talk about some issues in a couple of seconds but first of all a break and maybe some audio from France I'm with Wilfred Templier here from Radio RMC in France and we're going to have a little chat about the game which has just finished uh, Wilfred the result, do you think Toulouse are going to be very surprised by that defeat? Not really surprised because uh, Toulouse knew that uh, Connacht uh, um, is a very strong team, uh, better than uh, two years ago. When Toulouse got 10 points uh, at 21 to 11 with the penalty um, which uh, Sebastian Bézi missed, uh, the occasion uh, the, it was the occasion to kill the game and af- uh, just after this moment we saw the how can I say the character of the Irish team and uh, not only the character the character but the the, the skill uh, this team of Connacht uh, play everywhere in the field in the pitch every time and uh it's a, it's a new thing, I think, uh, when you have a look to the, the, the team of the, the past team of Connacht. Maybe it's Pat Lam uh, who bring that here. We, we, we know how Connacht play, and I, I think Toulouse have a, an understanding of that now. Uh, how do you think they're going to approach next week's game against Wasps? Because that's going to def- define their position in the group. And, and Wasps play a very similar game to Connacht. With a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure because uh, Toulouse won uh, revenge with the Champions Cup last year. They finished uh, fourth. Uh, it never arrived in the European history of Toulouse. Never. And uh, tonight, Toulouse um, lost his fifth match away in the European Cup. So imagine. Uh, imagine the pressure. There is a, a rebuilding, rebuilding in Toulouse. Two years uh, after the um, uh, after the the, the end of Guinness uh, time, and uh, but there is a pressure because it's, it's a, a big history club, historic club in uh, in France with a lot of uh, titles. Rebuilding with a, a, a past like this, it's very hard. To, it's very hard for, for the team so they got a lot of pressure because if they lose uh, the next, the next uh, week against Wasp maybe it's finished in the European Cup Nile <laughs> tweet oh a couple of tweets uh, 
Ronogara, Connacht Rugby or something else. Big, big balls. Fair play. No need for Bundy to get the wallet out tonight. Too hot. <laughs> to too hot is kind of funny. Actually, one of our friends here, uh, Ronan, Ronan Brown, or Ro- Jesus, he'll kill me. Ronan Byrne. You've <laughs> <laughs> only known him 11 years. Yeah. He said, a fit browner is critical to our season. Super performance stepping oh, yeah. into Ali's boots. Yes. That's correct. Uh, he's that's very true. I thought that last week in the after the Ulster match, he he was excellent that day. He's really stepped into that, really really stepped into that. Lacks Ali's bulk when he carries it into contact, but he's still he's willing. Oh, and uh, but in fairness to him, um, if he when he loses the contact, he still his placement is excellent. It's still quick ball. Um, but he's, he was excellent against tonight very under, underrated player actually I was going to say you, you fire stats at me before every game Alan and was looking at one of them it just reminded myself he's 29 mm-hmm. so like if anything he could be coming into his peak now he made his debut very early for a second round. he did he did and he should be coming into his peak like he had a fantastic game in Grenoble he played the Ali Muldowney role in Grenoble and was just wonderful oh, in did. that game and the guys were looking at him when they were doing their little speed passing it before the game one of the guys was saying oh look, look at the way Hilton's passing he's brilliant I said yeah but watch Brown and Brown was catching the ball and giving it in just a blink of an eye. He was absolutely incredible. Oh, I think I think, he's, I think if Andrew Brown had a body that didn't, he's, he's one of those poor unfortunates. And it happens in all sports. And happens in all, all sports of life. They get they when they get hurt, they get hurt for a while. He's just something if he can get on a run of fitness, yeah. six to eight weeks, six to eight matches, never mind six to eight weeks, where he's perfectly fit and he does it because it because. It's a specialist role. Five, we think you don't think there's much difference between four and five, but in this system, there definitely is. And five is the Muldowney role, and it doesn't suit Alton, and it doesn't suit Quinn. They are they bring something else entirely different. You can play Quinn and Alton, but you'll lose something. But if you play Quinn with Brownie or you play Alton with Darren, it's different. It's slightly different, and you need Brownie there now. His biggest issue is he does go down. When he goes down, he goes down for he goes down for three, four weeks, six, eight weeks. If he can avoid those types of injuries. You know, here we're talking about Moby manage. You may have to manage Brownie for a year or two, but if you can get over this, get a good run of games, get the fitness up, he's an, he's an outside bolter for a tour next year. We have to move on to Zebra Parma. It's the last couple of times we played there. Alan's been a bit messy. I, I'm still, <laughs> after the rained off game, after the 55-33 nonsense last year, where we really were ridiculous in our defending. They need something more solid this time. You'd like to think it just depends on on what Zebra team turn up. Like I, I thought that. Conor O'Shea was making a difference over there and that they were going to focus on home games but I see Toulouse got or Toulouse Treviso got hammered today at home against La Rochelle in the yeah, Cup against yeah. La Rochelle now I know La Rochelle are going well in the French League but even so you'd expect Treviso to do well at home and then of course Zebra shipped 82 points um, but they will Like we, we, I, I spoke to their captain and their coach and at the, the launch and they can't wait for us to come over they really think they can do one on us but I don't think they're going to get the same team that they had three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We're on a, a different plane now at this stage. Yeah, it's a different story. And there might be a real bite to the way we played them now after the last few times where we've been a bit scrappy. Yeah, you kind of hope the lads are hurting after that, that and they got out of jail and they're not going to let it uh, yeah. not going to let that happen again. But Zebre, they should not be in the competition. I don't care what anybody says. You know, It's not doing them any good to be in the Champions Cup. None at all. In the Challenge Cup, maybe. Like I, I'm struggling to understand. I'd rather have NSA in the competition. They bet Gloucester today. They show you what you can do. If you Worcester, Worcester, Gloucester, it's all it's all gold. Someone save that for the end of season. It's all it's it's all West it's all West Country farmers with way too much cider. Um, 
but they, they won again. They're a team that takes the competition seriously. They may not be able to win it, but they go out believing they can. <laughs> can I disagree with you a little bit even though God not the NSI are, we all love them now they shouldn't be anywhere near the Champions Cup either though you know we won a meritocracy we, we haven't got it fully but, 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 but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you are more likely to see NSI qualify through oh, yeah. the, cha- the Challenge Cup and that's a disgrace <laughs> that's true and I think, I, think we, I think it is something I think it's the only thing I agree with the French and English clubs about in terms of the qualification in terms of how they went about the qualification is they've raised the issue of the Italians and we've raised the issue of the Italians it doesn't it isn't doing Zebra or Treviso any good to get an automatic place. It means you can finish 11th as long as the other team is below you. That's not good. And Conchet is going to do great things. I think Italians could do great things on the international level. They have two big issues. The teams are really poor and their best players are siphoned off to clubs in France and England. And we're still the only team to beat NSI at home when they actually played at home. Yeah, yeah. NSI, do, which was your point, and I, I, I clarify that, doing really well in the Challenge Cup and fair play to them. Okay, um, we've got to get to any other business. Any other thoughts on next week? Any other thoughts on next week? No. Any other thoughts on the Pro 12 teams? Well, yeah, just just to, to say that, that we, at the moment, Scarlets are beating Sale, we've beaten Toulouse, Leinster beat Castres, and Glasgow hammered Leicester last night. So the Pro 12 is, is having a good weekend. Let's hope we can follow it up with another good weekend next weekend. Any other business? To start with, Revive Active, thank you very much for their sponsorship, and we'll be thanking them over and over again. But we're, what are we talking about? We're talking about Glory Days, the radio documentary, which was out in Galway Bay FM, on Thursday edited by Emmett McNamara researched brilliantly by Alan Deegan did a lot of work in the background to put all that together yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave forgot that somewhere along the way in tweets so Alan got upset about it and Dave's just learning about that now okay let's get over that and, 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 and we didn't mention our friend James Crombie who absolutely. is a good moral yeah. background for he's all the work the we do remember that didn't get a mention there and uh, yeah he's one of our one of the crew so thanks James for all your help and all the photos that we use to promote and we'll be using again and again thanks to Revive Active we'll be chatting to Dahi from Revive Active in the next few weeks as well okay any other business William no not really that was just a great performance and they've got to, they've got to back it up now next week um very interesting situation at Toulouse and they've, they've got a home game against the side going really well <laughs> that'd be actually well worth watching it will because it, it, it was play a game very similar to what we do they, they run from different places they play all around the pitch they're very confident and to lose lose that they're going to be they're going to be potentially out of this competition and I think that will uh, that won't play well so they're, they're under a lot of pressure we've got a big game in Zebra uh, they were mauled today but I think they're a different team at home. Um, I don't know how you turn around 82-14, but we have a lot of work to do over there, but we've got to go hunting a bonus point. We did. We missed a few kicks today, and that let Toulouse get a bonus point that they really didn't deserve because they they created nothing in the second half. And this group will probably come down to a point here or a point there. How are we flying? Uh, <laughs> yes. We're, yeah, we're going to get a ferry from Cork and it's going to go around Italy. And uh, <laughs> no, we're flying uh, from uh, Dublin to Milan, and then we're getting on a bus and a train. But it's only for short distances. Another, another interesting thing is the four French sides lost today. Does this mean we're going to have a rejig of the the Heineken oh, Cup yeah, yeah. again because they've all lost? Yeah, it's not fair. The Pro 12 sides have too yeah. much of an advantage. But we do have to back it up. It's very important. Pro 12 have to back. 12, Pro 12 sides have to back it up next week. That's your any other business in yesterday? No. Okay. Goalposts. Oh yeah. Goalposts. Not painted. Right. Uh, yeah, this this annoying man. I don't know if anybody else heard it. It was in we we had a lot of coverage today. We had coverage from national, local and ourselves. Uh, there was one of the national radio stations, and I'm gonna name it, it was News Talk, it was off the ball. Um, 
they did a piece on the fact that the last few tickets had been made available this morning. There were returns, and there was a few of the interest tickets that still hadn't been sold out because they only went on sale there on Wednesday, and a lot of people would have made plans and, not, and decided they couldn't make it. So they were making, they made a big deal about the fact that Connacht couldn't sell out for Toulouse. And the main presenter was going about, oh, isn't it terrible? And they're clearly not getting fans in for Mayo. And the other presenter, who is a person who has gone to college in Galway and started his radio career in Galway, was fighting a valiant effort to say that as he's from Mayo we can understand why it's difficult to get from Mayo some parts of Mayo to, to rugby match it's, it's, there is practical issues and the tickets to go on sale you couldn't get this main presenter to, to get that that just, just did not seem to permeate he then said he then pointed out to him they're terrorist tickets so it's a bit open to the elements he then said you should be used to the rain it rains every day and as we saw today it was the, the one issue that we had with weather today was low sun and it just bugs me we've got a lot of good journalists coming down from Dublin who don't have got rid of this patronising pat on the head it's always wet and windy traditional Galway welcome stuff and to hear it on a national radio station before one of the biggest games of the season was a little bit sticking in the craw um Look, if you don't know about a venue, if you don't know about the sport or the, the fan relationship between the fans and the sport, just don't talk about it. Just don't. I don't know. I, I don't talk to you guys about cycling because I don't know enough about the sport, and I would never. I'd only come across as crass and uninformed, and that's how it came across. And I felt very sorry for the other presenter, who is a male man and did go to college here and did work for the radio station that I, I also work with, and he was fighting a losing battle. That's it. We've beaten to lose. Yay! Oh, proper order. Pro Twelve yeah. champions. Yes. Pro yes. champions. Beat mid-table French team. Absolutely. <laughs> this should only get a few column inches, really. Yeah, well, that's that's a fact. Focus on the big ones like Leinster, the Pro Twelve runner, is up doing quite well at home and maybe coming back. Yeah, had a good win today. Yeah, absolutely. And then Monster on tomorrow. So. That's it. Okay, let's get going. Oh, yeah. Williams in charge of travel. You're in charge of equipment. What do I do in the yeah. waiters? Look pretty. I They're know. Italian girls. Look what pretty. do you do? <laughs> I'm starting to wonder. What do you do on the other team? <laughs> <laughs>